0: Hey everyone, and welcome to the Brightness Unleashed podcast, where your hosts, Harry and I aim to optimize your personal development, boost your productivity, and share some inspiration that will help maximize your potential. Let's get into it. Hello
1: everyone, welcome to another episode here on the Brightness Unleashed podcast. My name is Harry Haran, I'm joined by Narendran. And this episode is primarily going to focus on human behavior. What makes us engage in laziness? How can we transform that delay or that sense of being lazy every single day sometimes and turn that into something more actionable where we are actually trying to get up and commit to our tasks? Um, This episode is also going to focus a lot on some of the experiences Naren and I have uh, gone through and how we've tried to convert this over time to make sure that we come up with the right habits to ensure that we can commit to certain uh, events or tasks on time and make sure that every day we are actually having the right amount of energy to say, yes, I can actually do it rather than delay it. So that's going to be the main goal of today's podcast uh, episode. Naren and I really thought that this uh, particular topic is really relevant for pretty much everyone, even like ranging from high school students all the way down to people working in their 40s 50s and um, it's a common habit that we see people always engaged in you know procrastination is always going to be there we've all come into that type of you know that type of enemy or that type of trap at least once in our life and we always try to think about how you can provide your best pitch or your best contribution towards something whilst in the back of your mind you might be always thinking oh i can't really do this uh, I can't really commit to this all the time. How can I try and transform that delay into action? So that's what we're going to talk about today. And let's just jump right in. Um, what we want to focus on here is trying to be reflective and just be critical of some of the reasons we procrastinate. So what we've discussed before and what some of you listeners might also think about is are we just naturally you know, lazy at some times of the day? Do we fear the overwhelming task at our hand when we receive it, right? So th- this idea of like self-paralysis where you are always looking at this task and you just don't know what to do next, right? These people, I'm pretty sure a lot of people go through this at least once in their life, right? That moment where you receive something and you're just not too sure um, who to ask or what to do with that particular project or task because you might say, that you don't have the, the 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 knowledge to actually start that particular task or the strengths. You feel that you're not ready for the job yet, right? So we genuinely want to just ask ourselves, what can we do to to transform that bad behavior, if I'd like to say it, into something that you can actually you know, have the energy to feel, yes, I can do it. I can commit to myself. Yeah. Aaron, did you want to add anything else on that side of human behavior and um, any of your thoughts on that?
0: Yeah, I think uh, I've, I've fallen into the trap of definitely um, procrastinating, as you've said, and feeling lazy. And I think it stems from the idea that when you're given a task and you don't know what to do and you don't have clarity over how exactly sh- you should execute a particular project, whether, whether it be as small as homework or take-home task or whether it be as big as you know, a project you're doing for work, for example, you can get bogged down with the nitty-gritty stuff and you you want to kind of get everything perfectly done. However, to get it perfectly done, you need to understand, of course, what's the task at hand. And sometimes you might not have the clearest direction as to what the final outcome of this project should be. So I definitely can relate to and resonate with, I think, uh, the idea that you've presented so far. So yeah, absolutely agree.
1: Righto, beautiful. Okay, so When we want to tackle this enemy of procrastination, I think it's really important that we build a a systematic approach or a structured approach um, to ensure that we can actually feel motivated to accomplish that particular task or whatever you have that you need to get done either now or uh, maybe tomorrow morning. Um, It's really important that we just don't lay excuses on the table. You know, we want to make sure that we don't manipulate our minds and say, I'll do it later. I'll do it later. You know, I'm sure Aaron, you've heard of everyone saying that. And maybe you've said it as well. You know, I do it later. Have you?
0: Most likely, yes. And as I say, it comes from the idea that when you don't have any clear direction as to how. So, for example, when you do a project, right. um, I guess intuitively you want to be able to execute the project with consciously being aware of the fact that you're doing everything right. I don't know how to describe it, but there is a mental state that I think a lot of people have that when you tackle a task or when you, for example, like homework, let's say it's Matt's homework. And when you're able to do the questions with flow, with ease, right? Instantly, your brain is telling yourself and you're consciously aware that, oh, I can get this task done quite easily. But then the minute you come to a problem where you get stuck and you don't have any clear direction as to how to move forward. Then I think it, you start to your mind starts to shift into the idea of okay uh, maybe let's do this later and then later might never come because you you know in that initial motivation that un- fundamental understanding of what task you have at hand isn't there right and then you need to seek clarity and direction as to how you're supposed to tackle the task whether it be as I said you know homework or a project so definitely I think um, I've been there as well where I've said. I'll do it later, but later never comes. And, you know, in order to avoid, I think, saying something along the lines of, you know, I'll do it later or there's a time where in the future I can come back to it. um, You have to immediately seek, I guess, advice or help from whoever it may be in order to get that clarity, which you need in order to progress. So, yeah, I've definitely said, uh, you know, I'll do something later a few times, but I've definitely learned that, If there is something that you don't understand, um, if there is the lack of clarity um, and the lack of understanding and the fundamental understandings of what's at hand in regards to a task, then your immediate solution to that should be to try and find the best person that you can in the time um, given to, to guide you in some way to help you get through that.
1: Yeah, definitely. I uh, 100% agree with uh, what you said. And it's really important that we think about why this particular behavior is always looming against us. And um, as you said, you know, you always say later, later, later. And then, especially for tasks that can be quite difficult, right? Right. And sometimes when you face something that's quite difficult, it's really important not to feel overwhelmed and um, say to yourself, oh, I can't do this anymore. I won't be able to finish it on time, etc." It's really important to just take a deep breath, pause and really think about how, or what are some of the solutions we can take right now. Either seek advice from your mentor or your leader or uh, a close friend who's doing the same course or um, someone who can maybe help you along the way if you reach out, because if you don't reach out, no one really knows right? It's no point being passive. I think it's really important to reach out and show others that you actually really want to do well and people need to understand your perspective that you are someone who can contribute value. Um, Just from past experience, I feel it's extremely important that if you are always too quiet or you're too passive, no one really will know whether you're in a good state or in a bad state. And I've heard a lot of friends and other mentors and leaders I've networked with who have said similar things as well. It's really important that you can achieve those things on time. And if you ever feel stuck, as Naren said, I think it's really important to try and seek advice or find alternative solutions and list them out or ask yourself, what can you do right now to ease the situation? Is there any small little step I can take right now to just make me feel a bit better? I think it's really important, those pauses. It's kind of underestimated. I feel it's impactful to a large extent. Okay. Um, let's just dive right into the first step that I think is really important to tackle procrastination. And I think it's really important that uh, we, we need to remember that any commitment uh, that emphasizes like the, the, the extension of or the magnitude of uh, the tasks that we're involved in can actually lead to stress or anxiety and therefore you know, be counterproductive. Right? The more magnitude that is, there is in a particular task, the more you feel like it's really serious. And if you don't get this done on time, you feel that um, you feel kind of guilty if you haven't done your 100% effort, maybe because of other types of distractions in your life. And we need to try and suppress them as much as we can if you are trying to be really, really focused. So some of you may not be aware of this, but actually making a huge to-do list that maybe people have been taught in school or your teachers have said this or someone you might have got... The strategy from you know the the typical to do list, right? If you have too many things in the list, um, it actually increases your your you know your your sense of being overwhelmed and stressed about what needs to be done by the end of the day, midnight, let's say. And I feel that it's really important that we strategically ask ourselves, what can you actually get done, rather than think that all of these tasks can be done, and ask yourself. How much time can you commit towards those tasks? There's no point just um, saying, "Oh I will just research on this thing the whole day or talk to these people the whole day." It's really important that you prioritize certain time intervals or it's small time are uh, small time chunks. Let's say half an hour strictly spent on calling cold calling people about a particular business opportunity or sales opportunity. If you are very disciplined within those time chunks, and you methodically do that every day, I think it's much more productive rather than just laying out research on X or call this particular people by the end of the day. You know, There isn't a particular deadline you're enforcing. Do you resonate with that as well, Naren? Have you ever been in situations like that or long to-do lists?
0: Yeah, I think I used to be accustomed to the idea of building to-do lists, and I I think one of the ways that I broke down a to-do list was I categorized it into different different levels of importance, I think. So I, I remember I had a whiteboard where I used to write um, tasks that were important, uh, tasks that were urgent. And by doing it that way, I wasn't, as you said, I wasn't creating a deadline, an immediate deadline, but instead I was... Actually, breaking down all the tasks that I had at hand into what was important to me and to other obligations that are in my life. So, for example, I think at the time that I, that I used that framework, it was probably in high school. So, you know, important tasks would be considered, you know, your ass- assignments, um, your, your homework tasks. And then urgent tasks would be things, of course, that would be, you know, um, that needed to be done as soon as possible. And by um, by breaking it down in that manner, of course that relieved a lot of the stress and overwhelming sensation that you would probably feel when you know you have a, a single sheet of paper or in the, on, in, you know, in these days on your on your notion app, for example, where you just have a you know a really long to- do list for a specific day and you you know you start to think, how can I actually get?" every single one of these done. Instead, what, I, what I've what i done in the past is I have, um, as I said, I've categorized my to-do lists so that um, even though I might not get a task done in the day, I know consciously that, you know, that task isn't urgent. It isn't urgent. It might be important, but it's not urgent. It's not uh, something that I need to get done as soon as possible. So I think using a framework like that, implementing something along those lines into, uh, you know, the way in which you prioritize and create a to-do list um, can can of course be amplified through this method. And uh, yeah, so I, I definitely do, um, do use to-do lists, um, but they have of course been tweaked with the use of um, this particular framework of categorizing um, my tasks. So that at the end of the day, if I don't get something done, I know that um, that task wasn't something that needs to get done in the day. Rather, it's something that I just should work on progressively um, up until, of course, uh, it is due. And I think that sort of framework, um, yeah. which is you know, which is something that can be uh, changed. It doesn't always have to be some you know important tasks, urgent tasks, You can come up with your own um, type of system. Um, using the same framework. But uh, yeah, I think uh, that's something our listeners should consider.
1: Yeah, that, that's a very valid point. And no, I no, 100% agree, because with the prioritizing versus aggregating, um, it's really important that, as you said, if you're having too many things to do, and let's say you're saying they're all important, it's really good to, again, as we said before, pause and ask yourself, what is, the top of your, what is at the top of your agenda that you really prioritize to get done before evening, let's say, today? What really needs to get done so that you can feel satisfied at the end of the day saying to yourself that I actually did it. I did it to the highest quality I can, and I'm ready to get feedback or drafting or proposals get, or get all of that done, let's say, the next day, right? At least you've done one chunk of a step, and you should be really proud of that, and this falls into the next strategy in terms of that reward system. And that's something that really motivates you or incentivizes you if you get things done. And I think it's really important that we flag um, this particular strategy because some people may abuse it where if they just do 15 minutes, a reward. Another 15 minutes, reward. And I think that's not good. I think it's really important to be self-disciplined about the appropriate amount of time that you allocate for a task or um, a session. Um, let's say it's like going to the gym and if you actually spend 45 minutes doing that serious gym work or um, let's just say you go to uh, a swimming like just casual swimming and you actually spend at least half an hour exercising right uh, in the pool you can reward yourself because you did that particular exercise for that al- uh, for that amount of time however there are people I just know who will just do like 10 or 15 minutes of a task, and that's it for the day. They feel like yeah, that's a big sense of satisfaction. But you have to again ask yourself about the quality that you produced. Are you? Um, do you find yourself improving that particular area? Do you see you are able to be more active if it's a swimming scenario? Do you see that your health is increasing? If that's if you don't see the outcome happening, but you're only sparing 10, 15 minutes a day trying to just get that reward. Uh, after doing it. That's not enough, that means. There's a certain amount of time that you need to prioritize to make sure that you're actually adding a benefit to your health if it's the swimming scenario, or you are actually trying to improve your strength in a particular area that might be useful for your work purposes. Um, That's why I feel it's extremely important that the allocation of time for a task needs to be treated seriously. And this is quite debatable uh, as I've read and I've heard on YouTube as well, some people may spend three, four hours saying full study session, three, four hours, or working on this project from 7am to 6pm. You have to always also consider the amount of times that they take breaks and how much concentration you actually have from, let's say, 7am to 6pm. Not everyone can you know, have that stable concentrate concentration throughout the entirety of the day. Some people do need to take breaks, go for a walk, take a breather do all those things, it's really, really important because your health is number one priority before the work, I feel. You need that energy to wake up and actually commit to the task. If you don't have that energy or that health, see you later. That's a doomsday because then all that effort you did initially and now you're sick or you're feeling lethargic or something like that, you have made it more detrimental on your health. Has that ever ever happened to you? Know just out of curiosity, where you've done so much burnt energy and you just felt that you didn't allocate your time properly? Anytime?
0: No, I've never ever uh, burnt myself out. Um, I've never yeah. never ever come to a point where I've depleted that much energy. Because I understand, and you mentioned this, that concentration, right, your mind, your ability mm-hmm. for your mind to concentrate, there's a mm-hmm. threshold, right, yeah. and once it oh there's a limit and once your brain reaches that limit that capacity after that it might feel like you're doing work right and it's this idea of being busy but you're actually it, you're not generating any value beyond a certain point and when you know when we talk about value that you know that is of course there is so much that we can talk about the type of value that you generate but whatever it is it's not actually valuable at all the value that you are generating is negative really it's really negative compared uh, as opposed to being positive so the emphasis on that idea of understanding how you should allocate your time is as you said very important because if you don't understand time allocation what you're going to be doing is you're going to falsely convince yourself that you are doing work when it can be considered work but the output that is being generated you know is of course very much uh, limited and um yeah the value being generated is uh, completely flawed and so that of course is not a good thing and uh instead you should as harry has mentioned you should very much pay attention to how long should i spend on this task and how long should i give myself a break or, you know and what should that break constitute of what should the reward be? And you should kind of start to build a system, a daily system that, or a daily ritual that you can implement, of course, across uh, the week, um, even across the month. Um, and therefore, that limits your ability to fall into this trap of, you know, I guess, falsely convincing yourself that you're busy when maybe you are busy. But again, the output that you are producing is, of course, of... Uh, inadequate quality um, which is what you don't yeah. want so yeah
1: that's it i like to coin the term uh, i kind of made it up and i feel it's really important um it's called like the fence of distraction so just as an example for our listeners if you have said that you're going to commit 40 minutes no distractions nothing and you're solely focused on that one task for 40 minutes high quality work high quality environment right? Everything should be good. But when I say the fence of distraction, there is something that might be going on in your mind where you're like, I have to check my phone, or I have to open this app on my desktop to see what's going on during that 40 minutes. And I'm sure a lot of people are guilty of this at least once they've done this, maybe. Maybe. But just for this example, there are a lot of people who are caught in that distraction, Right, the the fence of distraction where they are literally, they've done maybe twenty minutes of good work, great. But then now they're clinging onto that fence where they're like, can I quickly just check this? Can I quickly just see if someone's messaged me about that thing I talked about earlier? You know, you want to make sure that you don't cling on to that fence of distraction. You really want to kind of stay away from that for that forty minute period that you allocated. And as Naren said, the time allocation does matter for certain tasks, depending on the weight of the task and what are the expectations, of course. It's really, really important that you don't feel like a, you know attracted to that magnet of distraction because once you are lured to that magnet, it's really hard to kind of stop yourself from that because let's say that you have started scrolling on something on Facebook and we all know about this infinite scrolling, which is causing the addiction um, on towards our phones. If you are caught in that trap, it really reduces your productivity and your effort level that you just did. Let's say ten minutes ago, right? Um, and of course, I'm sure we all know this. But the longer you stare at your screen um, and you spend so much time on your phone, we do feel a sense of lethargy, right? Like if you do feel lazy afterwards, and you have kind of drained that positive energy that you had before looking at the phone for that long. Uh, I'm sure a lot of people have done this before, and um, it is a common problem in our day and age that we need to kind of enforce some sort of, um, you know, good habits to make sure that this pool of distraction, which is a, a an instigate of procrastination, we need to kind of minimize that. And that's one of the biggest reasons why people don't commit that long uh, because of these uh, distractions, right? addictive distractions.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I just wanted to jump in here because this, what you're talking about now very much is related to what I had planned to talk about, which is, you know, this idea of, that we live in a world where um, being addicted to technology seems like a norm. Like, you know, everyone is unaware and unconscious of the fact that they are constantly being, um, constantly being fed, curated, personalized content. And as you said, in combination with the idea of having the infinite scrolling effect, these two things together make an extremely de- they they serve as a detrimental power really and that detrimental power is the idea that they can really eat into your time and uh, they can take away a lot of valuable time from from your day and so a way to get around it i think there's two ways to get around it number 1 is this is something that i think some people have started to do and it's been it's mentioned it's been mentioned for a while now but Whenever you're studying, try and limit the amount of technology. Or whenever you're trying to go into a focus mode, um, try and limit the amount of technology you have access to. Now, of course, in the in the day and age we live in, we use laptops, computers, etc. And those, I guess, are exemptions. Or yeah, they can be they can be exemptions. Um, but things like your phone, right, or a tablet, um, these smaller devices, these smaller gadgets, I recommend that you don't have them anywhere near you when you are trying to focus and go in, you know, go and conduct deep work, um, as Cal Newport would say in his book. So you want to, that's, I think that's one great way is to just leave your gadgets in a completely different location. And, uh, what I mean by that is in another room, for example. Um, but if that strategy doesn't work, and the reason it sometimes doesn't work is because you can, you know, as a, as a human being, you're able to just get up, and, you know, move yourself to another room and get your hands on um, the device and therefore then fall into the trap of getting distracted. So sometimes that strategy is, um, it doesn't, it doesn't work or it's not compatible with everyone. So what I recommend is, this is a, this is a pretty big step, but it's to just completely delete social media. And uh, this, this one, you know, this type of strategy might be controversial because, you know, social media is, uh, you know, how the world today is connected and how you stay in contact with all your friends and family, et cetera. But, um, as Cal Newport in his book talks about that, you should, you should, you should very much, uh, you know, you should very much take into consideration that we live in a hyper connected society is what he calls it. And therefore you need to be very careful with the types of tools that you select in your arsenal to essentially use as collaborative tools, right? In your, you want to have tools in your arsenal that are of course going to be very helpful in helping you amplify and very much better collaborate with peers, whether it be at work or with friends. But um, the approach that you should take isn't, uh, I guess, any benefit uh, rule. Rather, you should be more so like a craftsman that selects their tools carefully. They consider both the benefits and the costs. Whereas with the all benefits idea, it's the only, the only thing you consider is the benefits. So when I was looking at social media, I realized that um, the only social media app that I need in my life is Facebook. And that's because one, that's how I stay up, up, to, up to date with um, what's happening at university, with of course, societies and programs that those societies issue, but also I I use it for work. That's how I stay in contact with uh, my colleagues at work um, and with my manager and boss and et cetera. So that's why I continue to use Facebook, but things like Instagram, I I don't, I don't need it. When I evaluated myself and asked myself, do I really need Instagram? I I came to the conclusion that I did not need it. it. It wasn't necessary. I could just contact the same people. Uh, through text, for example. So it was unnecessary. And um, I, I realized that the only thing I was really doing on Instagram was just getting fed this curated content, right? I think they call it reels. And so yeah. um, I, I completely got rid of Instagram um, and YouTube. I haven't got rid of YouTube, even though it has the, you know, it feeds you the curated content and it has the yeah. infinite scrolling effect. Um, and of course it has all, all, um, the recommended videos. Um where you're constantly recommended, you know, content that you've previously watched. But uh, the way I've gone about getting YouTube out of my digital space is is by deleting it, or yeah, deleting it off my 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 phone. Um, and the reason I I did this was because, of course, my the phone is the gadget that I am most commonly associating myself with. Uh, when you look at all the gadgets that that I use. Um, the phone is definitely the one that's always with me. And so I thought, okay, well, what if I delete YouTube off my phone and only limit YouTube to uh, my laptop? So what that means is that I can only really access that, that app when I'm on my laptop. And therefore what that does is it stops me from, um, it stops me from being distracted and falling into the infinite loop of just getting curated content. And um, it allows me to, of course, use my time more efficiently now um, because I'm not stuck in in the world of YouTube. Um, And instead, I'm able to go and actually do and get things done in my day. So uh, those are some things that I would definitely recommend. Uh, And I I think you should definitely pick up Cal Newport's book, uh, Deep Work. Definitely will give you some strategies, some advice into how to better concentrate more intensely for longer periods of time. And uh, overall, how to overcome being, um, you know, doing shallow work. You know, the idea of just thinking or making yourself, making yourself believe that you're you're busy and that you're doing a lot of work when really the work that you're you're doing and the output you're producing is very much um, of low quality. And so, definitely recommend picking up his book to get a better understanding of the ideas that he presents.
1: Yeah, that 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 is actually. An excellent point to establish here and it's great that you collabed with uh, the Deep Work book as well that's what you read recently. Um, I've heard really good things from Cal Newport's articles as well and some of his books. Um, Cal Newport, really intellectual guy, um, he is the guru of productivity honestly from some of the uh, videos and articles that I've read um, and just to talk about what you were saying, that to do list and how you have really come up with those two strategies, I feel it's very serious strategies, very restrictive, and that's no worries at all. Um, I'm not really like that. I just make sure that I've practiced self discipline, um, even though I have Instagram, fa- Facebook, and all that. Um, as you said, with the phone distraction, it's always away from me whenever I'm in serious work or talking to people, like through a client meeting. Um, I think it's really important that we limit ourselves with those distractions and we have time to use the phone, you know, time to uh, watch TV or time to hang out with friends. That's always should also that should always be considered. Um, But when it's work time and when you're doing something really serious for someone and you really want to contribute value, it's really important to ask yourself, what do I need to stop right now? What do I need to focus on? And will I be satisfied after I accomplish this task? Or will I feel guilty that I didn't put in enough effort, didn't revise enough, didn't really update myself enough because of this distraction? So this is coming to my second point just on what you were saying, similar to that self-evaluation part or self-reflection part, right? So like some of the questions that you want to think about is, you know, is this task really important to me? Why am I even doing it in the first place? Why did I enroll in this particular thing? Ask yourself, are you really dedicated to doing well or are you just doing it for the sake of it? Always make sure that you are someone that has... Who is doing something with a purpose that's really important to think think about um it's also very important to establish the outcome will you do you want to see yourself getting a, a, a very good outcome or get commended for your efforts so this is another self-reflection point you might want to consider before um you know so take that pause and then think about you know do you want to do really well or you just want to do average so try and ask yourself will you be satisfied when you accomplish that goal and feel commended, that's really important to also think about. But also, with this self reflection, it's really important to think about when you come towards the end of the day, just before you sleep, talk of just have like one to two minutes. And this is something that I always try to preach and try and do and think about things that I was happy to do and finished in the day and things that I. Um, I haven't really pushed on to, let's say, the next day because I was able to do it today. It's really important to feel satisfied by the end of the day for good sleep and just making sure that you feel complete, that you've actually done some solid work somewhere and made that next step Um, because, you know, in our previous episode nine, we talked about the present, right, and how we really need to make sure that whatever you're doing today, you can't rewind that tape. You have to make sure that you put in as much effort as possible today to ensure you feel happy, to feel proud that you are able to contribute that particular step, whether it be big or small, it doesn't matter. It's really important that you actually contributed some value towards that task or whatever you're trying to commit to, so that the next day you do feel complete and you're ready to tackle on the next stage. That's really important. It's a a process of accumulation, I feel. It's day by day, you're progressing, it feels kind of incremental, and we will get that final result feeling happy with the, the, the final outcome. So just before we finish off this particular episode, um, it's really important that we also don't um, label procrastination as um, a severe consequence or like a death penalty or anything. Just because everyone does, it doesn't mean like, oh, it's something super serious. I think it's really cool that we also think of times of procrastination as a time to just sometimes get new ideas about something. Sometimes when you're engaged in uh, another event that you're saying that you're delaying because you're you know you know how you like delay a particular project or task because you're doing something else but during that time sometimes new ideas or new sparks of creativity can shine and sometimes in the shower as well or you might be cleaning something or watching something and sometimes in the back of your mind a new idea might may pop in your mind and that is uh, similar to like the uh, zygonic effect where you tend to remember more incomplete things or things that you need to do later today rather than the complete things. And this has happened to me a few times where sometimes um, when I just go for a walk with the dog or um, when I'm hanging out with sometimes with friends as well, sometimes when I'm just you know getting to the venue, sometimes new ideas about the task that I need to get done um you know in two weeks time because there's i have a fortnight to finish everything sometimes ideas just come during just that walk and it's quite unbelievable but um i try to write that down actually that's why i always carry like a little notepad in my bag as well like my uni bag if there's anything that comes in my mind that i feel i need to think about later on after that my event finishes it's really important to write that down don't just let that thought pass away because you might forget about it after your session with friends or going to that party or whatever really really important to think about and similar to like people who say they get ideas in the shower that's excellent that's really great write them down don't let that pass because you know it's really great that's an opportunity you can try and leverage uh, i don't know maybe a lot of people do this but like you know they know they have to get something done after the a bath for example uh, it's serious and they need to get it done but sometimes the long shower is a way of delaying the task. Um, yeah that could be procrastination as well of course everyone um has certain activities that they is for fun and it's definitely worth doing those fun activities because we all need that side of our of our lives a fun thing to do socializing those are all really fantastic things but there are people who abuse those things way too much and we do need to understand when there's a limit when we need to get back into serious zone for whether that be your school commitment university commitment your job commitment those are things that also are quite serious So um, it's very important that we, as we talked about today, there are limits to how much we engage in, in terms of having fun and enjoying ourselves and knowing that we don't want to lag or drag this particular delay for a long period of time, because that can be detrimental. Your motivation for that task may deteriorate further and further. Yeah. So... We will just wrap up the episode there. It's quite a long one, this one, but a very interesting one. I uh, love your thoughts, Naren, and especially thanks for bringing up our Cal Newport's book, Deep Work. Really appreciate that. Uh, always great insights from him and your experiences as well. I uh, hope you guys really enjoyed today's podcast episode. We felt it was really important to dive into that human behavior aspect. We haven't really done that too much recently, so we thought we would try and change it up and focus on this and how we can transform delays into action we really hope you enjoyed it and took some key takeaways and we'll see you guys in the very next episode thank you so much thanks for listening to this episode of our podcast series we hope you have learned something new from our insights and can use it to help maximize your potential if you found this to be useful We would greatly appreciate it if you can share this with others who may be interested and follow us on LinkedIn by typing in Brightness Unleashed in the search bar to stay updated with future content. Thanks and have a great day!